And the reason why people don't grow businesses is because doubling their current business would mean double the pain. Yeah. Entrepreneurs right. will not grow into pain. They say this, like, I want to double my business. And I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but you're scared that if you do that, your world would look doubly hard. And they go, yeah. yeah. And I go, I know. Because the way you're getting leverage, yeah. you're buying back your time is flawed. Mm. You're adding people for capacity. You're not adding people to buy back your time. Mm. The buyback principle states we don't hire people to grow a business. We hire people to buy back our time. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, I'm making friends with the one and only Dan Martell. What's up, dude? Welcome. Dude, I love. I wish I, would, I have a shirt just like that. Same color? Yeah, it's the same shirt. I oh, mean, probably not okay. the same brand, but I should have wore it, and then we could have been twinsies. We could have. Well, it's pretty close now, though. Missed opportunity. Well, you know, from our mistakes, All right. you know, we'll write it down I'll just next, text time. You next time. Yeah, just text me. What are you wearing? <laughs> true Classic like, is the brand. Women. Yeah, True, true classic. classic. In case Great you guys want to send me some more t-shirts, I'll take them. Yeah, I love these ones. And what did we do a shot of just now? The mind thing? Yeah, Magic Mind. All right, sponsor? Yeah, that's Give a sponsor. Give him a shout out, man. Yeah, it was tasty Thank stuff. you to Magic Mind. Really like yeah, that. we just had King Keto in here and he yeah. never had it before either. It's really good. Little matcha blend, adaptogens. It was nootropics. tasty. Yeah. yeah, you know what? So they sent me one. I'm sorry, Magic Mind, if you don't want me saying this, but I got to, I got to be honest. It's because it's honest. The first one they sent me was like a year ago and I took the shot and I was like, the effects work, but this is disgusting. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to wake but up that every product's day and not take available anymore. Correct. All right, perfect. Yes, so the problem's correct. been solved. No, the problem's been solved. They iterated on the product and they sent me another package probably like three or four months ago. Cool. And I was like, all right, I'll try it again. Delicious. And it does, I find that it gives me a little bit more focus, allows me to have a little bit more clarity of mind and stuff like that. So yeah. we'll see, see how it goes, man. Cool. See how it goes. Well, dude, you're here because you're speaking at an event, Yeah. but you're doing a major media tour right now because of this book right here, Buyback Your Wall time. Street Journal, best-selling book. Yeah, Wall Street Journal so far. And yeah, probably add a I'm couple going more for New York Times. I yeah. literally am going to do the reverse funnel, which is bananas because when I wrote the book, I thought if I could sell a couple thousand copies, that'd be cool. I didn't know tens of thousands of people every month be buying the book. Was that really like the goal? A which thousand is like percent. I remember talking to my publisher. So I did the deal with Penguin. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I built, you, you know, my stuff. Like yep. I'm a software guy. Yep. Like I didn't think I've been like you're publishing. a company builder. Yeah. yeah. I'm a very hardcore entrepreneur operator. And I put all everything I ever knew on YouTube as that was like after I sold my third company, I was like, I'm going to do a YouTube channel to just like give it away. Right. Cause I honestly, I mean, Travis, the book's called buy back your time. I was sick of having the same conversation with people. How do I validate my idea? How do I choose what I'm passionate about? All, like all these questions. And I always joke that, you know, emails where words go to die. <laughs> so I wanted to just like, I'll just do videos on how to, and how I think about it and models and stuff. But you know, I never thought I needed to write a book. And then luckily my buddy called me up one day and said, you got to stop being an idiot and I want to read your book. And mm. if you had some help, would you do it? And I said, yep. So I made him, his name is Ron. I said, Ron, I said, if I do this, you need to be the book CEO. I literally, okay. it's kind of fun. It's like a, you know, a usual suspect, the movie. Uh, the I end, know of the movie, but yeah. I well, at the end there's like, he's telling the story about what happened and then you find out I shouldn't tell the end, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's been out for a while. Movie. I think it's. I think okay. It's so fine. at the end, you find out the witness is actually the bad guy. Okay. 
And so like the book, people are like, Dan wrote a book. It's a really great book. And then you find out at the end, there's a team. And Ron was the book CEO. I think I heard Gary V say this once. He's like, yeah, I have a book CEO. I'm like, if I ever write a book, I want a book CEO. That sounds so good. Yeah, It's a neat idea, right? So Ron became the CEO of the book. I had my agent Lucinda, my writing partner, Paul. And then we had researchers and copywriters and editors. And yeah. it was a project. And uh, yeah, I thought my, my you know, my, uh, whatever they're called, publisher said, you know, I said, what would be a 10 out of 10? They said, if 4,000 people bought it, like that would make us happy, you know, week one. Okay. And it, I think we sold like 16,000 copies. Wow. wow. Yeah. And this is the cool part. Every week it sells more. What was the reason to do traditional publishing versus, because like coming from the space that you come from, right? Yep. Building a, you know, a bunch of SaaS companies, but then also a multi-eight figure coaching yeah. business. Didn't need the money, yeah. didn't need the advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ego. Well, 100% okay. ego. Travis's yeah. ego. Status. Credibility, uh, I guess, more than status. Yeah, ego. I mean, it, it's nice to feel like the pretty girl at the party. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just to learn. Well, it's a I real mean, question though, right? Because like- And so it, that, it is 100% the real answer. Because like they gave me like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but it was like 450,000. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a lot for a first time author. Yeah. But I didn't need it. Like yeah, I, right. I took the money and I kind of just invested it back into the book and right. I put even my own capital. I mean, at one point, and I love- uh, my team there at uh, Penguin Random House. No, I shouldn't say that. There's some, I love some people. Yeah. Like they, they had some issues with the book, but I, it got to the point where even like the title, there were some challenges with the title and I almost bought out my contract and they mm. said, we've never had an author off, like say that. And yeah. I go, I'm that passionate well, about producing a specific A good thing. product that I actually yeah. want to promote. Yeah, I know that you guys do like a book a week. Yeah. This is my thing. Right. I'm going to put this out there. And if I'm not ridiculously proud of it, and I would just rather take it back and find somebody else or do it privately. And luckily they kind of walked me off the cliff. Shout out to Lucinda. She's incredible. Yeah. That's why I went with the traditional. And somebody yeah. said, you know, it's like, if it could be a New York times, it won't be if it's self-published. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and look, I'm friends with Chandler Bolt from selfpublishing.com. Mm -hmm. And I've got, I don't know, 400 friends have written books and they've given me the pros and cons, yep. you know, self-publishing or scribe or yeah, or, all of them. Yeah, dude, I tried to do a book with scribe back in the day. I don't know if you've heard about them recently that dude, they went bankrupt. Like, dude, what? Yeah. Like, boom. how recent was that? Three, four weeks ago. No shit. Yeah. Like everybody worked there just one day oh. came into work and they're in receivership. That's wild. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. I knew, I knew Jevin, the, the CEO, and I obviously know Tucker yeah. and Zach who started it. Yeah, Tucker's I tried to do a deal with them like back in the day, but just their process wasn't aligned with my creative like mm. desire artistically. Yeah. They were awesome about it. Like they literally said, look, let's look at us fit our hard costs and we'll send you the money back. Like, because I, I sent them quite a bit. But yeah, huh. I, so I tried it in the past and then decided I need a book CEO. That's how it came to be. Yeah, dude, because I, I go back and forth with that stuff all the time because like I hear you don't own as much of the IP or something, but then... Ask me if I would do it again now. Would you do it again now? No. Okay. No way, Jose. Okay. No way. No, because I knew now I would have missed my editor because he was amazing. Okay. But I'm probably sure I could hire somebody that would have sure. been... You know what I mean? With especially with your skill set of yeah, knowing yeah. how to hire. I actually people. have met people at events that seem really talented in that space and worked on some pretty, you know, phenomenal books. And hey, there's a lot of talent on the market right now. Which yeah, no shit. Not around. That's so so yeah, in hindsight, actually, so I run one of the largest software CEO coaching mentoring SaaS Academy or mm -hmm. client at one point. Yep. So the team and I are writing a new book for just that audience. Yeah. And we're doing that self-publish. I think sure. we're gonna go with one of those traditional, like the hybrid companies, right? Yeah. That have the infrastructure. Cause like that's what they sell you on is we'll get you in the bookstore. Distribution. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, turns out- But the out, distribution's shit. They don't sell books. Right. And they're kind of honest about it. They're like, 
when you do a book deal, you have to put essentially, I think our book proposal is like 65 pages. It mm. was like a, wow. a real, yeah, it was like- Like you're writing for a grant or something. A thousand percent. It was yeah. exactly like good metaphor. And so by the time you do all that work, it's like, I could just- own it because if I could, I would give away bonus chapters. I mm. would give away the audio. I would have sold yeah. for way less. Like, isn't there rules too about like how you're allowed to sell it or something? Like, you would not be able to do like a free plus shipping funnel. That, or that's the problem. Like that. Yeah, I cannot do that. Yeah, you can't use it as an asset for lead gen. Not the way I would have hoped to. So right yeah. now, I'm, I've been toying with the team because the book has gotten so much traction and the feedback, like it's having an impact way beyond I ever thought yeah. that I'm literally going to gift it to a thousand people. Mm. Cause I actually think that is ROI positive in the rest of my life. Yeah. So we're just literally working. I got to go buy them at retail, dude. Like, isn't that crazy? That is insane. So As like step author, one is call them yeah. up to my publisher to say, negotiate Hey, negotiate a bulk buy deal. Yeah. A bulk buy deal. Who's going to get the warehouse? Who's going to ship it? Book. Dude, for my own book, That's right? Wild. And then once I do that, then I got to go find the people I want to gift it to and then yeah. figure out how we get it in their hands. And if, gosh forbid, I want to do like an insert or a signed copy, I mean, right. it adds complexity through the yin-yang. Huh, that's crazy, dude. These I, are champagne problems. I'm not I was going to say, yeah. But the nice thing though is like, at least this is a book that it, it's a standalone asset, right? Like it, it isn't like a lead into your SaaS Academy coaching business no, or any I, other stuff that you're doing. It's literally what I love about books like this versus just like another type of coaching book that usually as a lead magnet is like, this is a book that adds to the body of knowledge in, in the that, world. In that category. I yeah, literally right. read Ryan Holiday's book, Perennial Seller. Okay. Okay. So here's how I, I decide, like when I decide is to that do, it, you know, he actually did that probably two books ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about six, seven years old. I said, okay, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to like make it a thing. And I want it to be like a top book. Mm -hmm. So I reread the top 20 business books in my mind. Good okay. to great, you know, you know, seven habits, all that stuff. Yep. Just to get myself in the headspace and go revisit the old stuff and the newer stuff, mm -hmm. right? Atomic habits, et cetera. And then tried to figure out like what was the pattern I was seeing and how to like make it evergreen, like make yeah. it have a unique perspective on a thing right. that wasn't. And that's why people are like, oh, I thought it was more for software. It's like, no. I've been teaching this methodology to my brother who's a home builder, my wife who runs an agency, my best friend who runs a sign company, my friends that own lawn care. Like this is a book for podcasts or artists because those are my friends that I've been trying to like take pieces of the frameworks that I teach. Right. And that's why like when they when they read it or listen to it and they go, oh my gosh, now I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm like you've been seeing this happen for 10 years. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but I, I couldn't see the whole thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I underestimated. Atomic Habits is such a great example because that book's been out for five years. Dude, I, I, I got number two because James yeah. is number one. Still. And he sells 20,000 copies a week organically. Still, after four years. That's insane. Yeah. It's the one of the most successful books in the history. More than 4-Hour Workweek, et cetera. And more I remember 4-Hour Workweek? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it passed that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, I think, Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yep. That would be another book in that category. I yep. think maybe a little bit higher. Mark's great. Yeah. But yeah. you got to pick those categories. And time is one of them. Productivity is one of them, but it's not as... So it's like habits. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a little bit more niche than that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit smaller market. Yeah. Okay. So... High level, I want to make sure we touch on this. And then everybody knows, if you're watching the show, you're listening to the show, you know, every time we bring somebody on who has a book, I tell you, buy the book now so that you don't forget about it and just put it on your list. And this is definitely one of the books that I say, like, absolutely. Make It'll change party. your life. If yeah. you feel stuck, 100%. I guarantee it, it will show you a completely different way of thinking about building your company. 
Yeah. That once you understand it, you can't not see it. Because it's so high level, right? Like the goal is not to grind 90 hours a week. You're doing it wrong. You're literally doing it wrong. I wanted to teach people how to build a business they don't grow to hate. That's a really good way to say it. That's the hook. And the reason why people don't grow businesses is because doubling their current business would mean double the pain. Yeah. Entrepreneurs (laughs) will not grow into pain. (laughs) But I mean, so so I, they say this, like, I want to double my business. And I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but you're scared that if you do that, your world would look doubly hard. And they go, yeah. yeah. And I go, I know. Because the way you're getting leverage, yeah. you're buying back your time is flawed. Mm. You're adding people for capacity. Yeah, You're not adding people to buy back your time, mm. right? I, the buyback principle states, we don't hire people to grow a business. We hire people to buy back our time. Because if I do the second one, you now have the space to go do the thing that you love to do that makes you more money. That you're uniquely qualified. That only you should be doing yeah. until you have enough volume of that thing to then pay somebody else to do it. Yeah. Then you go up level your skills, right? So I teach the buyback loop. Like how do you audit, transfer, and fill? Mm-hmm. So like audit your time and energy, transfer it to somebody else, and then fill it with things that make you more money and light you up. Most people don't even know that. If I gave most entrepreneurs a day a week back and said, okay, now you have a day a week, what are you gonna do with that? I don't know. Right. I know you don't know. Because if you knew and you're not doing it, you would stop doing the stuff that's getting in the way of doing that thing you would probably do that day, which is strategic thinking about how do I become better so I can grow. Yeah, that's the, it changes the entire mountain that you're climbing. It immediately puts you on a different mountain. Totally. Like, oh, I thought I was climbing this mountain, which is like grow, scale, get bigger, grind, hustle, work, you know? And then it puts you on a completely different mountain that's like, you actually don't want to get to the top of that mountain because no. there's not really a top. You're just going to keep climbing yep. and it's going to get harder. It's going to get, get thinner and, and, and you're going to think that's the fall. pattern. And <laughs> that was my truth, man. I was engaged to a woman and I came home one day and she just said, I'm done. Can't do this anymore. Seven weeks before the wedding. Wow. That's close. You want to talk about wake up call? How long ago was that? I was 26, 27. Wow. Yeah. I'm 43. That's the thing is like, I teach all this stuff because I've been a student of the opposite and it sucks. And here's the thing. We do that. We work hard for the people we love to create a future. Yeah. They never asked us for any of that. I'm laughing because you're speaking directly to me at this well, point. People read the book and they go, it's like, <laughs> you're staring at my soul. And I'm like, I know, because yeah. I was that guy. Well, right? You said you, you have two boys, right? Yeah. How old are they? Both 10 today. They're not twin. They're Irish twins. But this is the month oh, really? that they're the same age. Oh, nice. That's yeah, hilarious. they're 11 months apart. Okay. So they're both 10. Yeah. But at one point, they were two. Yeah. And three. Yeah. And four. And this is when you're more like heads down no. in your business? No, I would see. Point, no, see, I got lucky. I was 27 when that happened to me. And then I moved to San Francisco. And I went through, for, after that, like my identity. I mean, imagine you're in a relationship, you're about to get married, you have this successful multi-million dollar company, she leaves. I want to paint a picture. Like, I understand some of this stuff sounds like, oh, poor Dan. Company gets bought six months later. Mm-hmm. I become a multi-millionaire. Just Clarity? No, this was Sphere, even before okay. Clarity. Clarity is the most recent one. And here I am in this new house we had just bought by myself. Hmm. Nobody cared if I woke up. I had a zero day earnout, and I was having frigging anxiety attacks because my body was like, "What did you do?" So, dude, I went and saw this therapist, Manuel. He's such a funny dude. You know, he's always like, "You know what you should do." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Do you like water?" I'm like, "Yeah, I like water." He's like, "You should get a boat." <laughs> I was like, "You're the best therapist <laughs> yeah. ever." I'm like, "I should get a boat." What he was trying to say is you should get in the ocean. What he was trying to say is take me on your boat. Yeah. He's like, you should get a boat and then invite me on the boat. 
I'm but, actually free in two weekends. But it was actually really good advice because I because of like all this like anxiety and pressure and like my world just got shattered. Yeah. I was just my body was like it felt like there was a weight vest. And, Those are m- multiple huge life changes, dude. Like building that company, working hundred hour weeks for four years. Like that was me. I was the company was me losing my fiance in that whole future, and then the company were. Yes, financially, it was a big thing, but like personally, and I don't do this anymore and I would counsel against it. Clients I coach, I'm like, do not, your self-worth is not tied to your business. Mm. But at that point it was, I was 28 and I had to work through that. And for a while, and this is why I'm like so passionate about this topic is I honestly thought maybe I'm going to have to just accept the fact that I might just be the rich uncle. And I have two brothers and a sister and we have nieces and nephews. And like, I'm the guy that shows up at Christmas. My work is my wife. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I, I wasn't, a, I didn't see a, a way that I could be in a relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because and I just want yeah. to protect people. I was like, I don't want to hurt somebody the way I hurt my fiance. Mm. I don't want to go through that again. It's just like, I don't know if I'm meant to live this a version. A thousand of percent. Yeah. Maybe that is not meant for me. Yeah. And luckily when I moved to San Francisco, I met these guys and mentors of mine that showed me the real way to build leverage. See, like most people don't realize this, but time is a constant for every human in the world. And the output is the variable. Like how much output does a person get done? That is a variable. So if time's a constant and the output's variable, well, what's the missing part? It's leverage. Well, there's only four ways to get leverage. Nobody ever taught me this. Nobody ever explained it to me this way. It's the four C's, code, capital, content, and collaboration. Hmm. So it's like, I call them the four master skills. If those are the four master skills of leverage, then I can achieve whatever I want as long as I understand how to master those skills. Hmm. Capital, how do I use money to make more money, right? Every real estate person knows this. Most VC-backed companies know this, et cetera. Content, like this piece of content we're producing right now, it could be seen by 10 million more people. Hmm. Does that change our lives if 10 million people watch it versus 10,000? Zero, huge leverage. But in business, I would say the equivalent would be like a playbook right? An SOP. Mm -hmm. I document a checklist of processes for people to follow. And as long as I trained you right and you use that document, I will get the same thing from the person every time. The fourth is, code is my favorite right now, obviously, but like think about automation, think about AI, Mm -hmm. right? It's technology. Most people don't know how to use technology in their business. And then the collaboration, which is really where I, I spend most of my time, although I talk about the other three in the book, is how do you work with other people? People don't quit companies. They quit bosses. <laughs> and most entrepreneurs, they're crazy. Yeah. Like I know, I knew I was crazy. Right. I knew I was intense, detailed. Like I yeah. knew, you know, I knew that. But it's like, okay, well, how do I stop creating what I call emotional shrapnel? Most of the things that take our time, Travis, think about this. It's sometimes it's like problems I created. Yeah. By not communicating clearly, by overreacting. Yeah. Dude, I had one of my team members call me out, like one of my direct reports, $142,000 mistake today. Like, like real money, right? And I go, you know, first question, like he was beating himself up. I'm so sorry. I, he like messed up. And he said it like six times. I said, I'm going to send you a stick so you can keep be- beating yourself with it. <laughs> He's like, huh? I go, dude, like, look, do you know what? the process where the process broke to fix the process to make sure we don't have that happen again. He goes, absolutely. I said, cool. This is a learn once. Yeah. I'm cool making mistakes. I don't love it. But at the same time, like this person's responsible for like $15 million department in my business. Like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, let's get back to work, man. 
Yep. And like, I always tell people, sometimes we wish we had less problems, right? That's not how the world works. Yeah. We What we do is we get good at dealing with bigger problems. Yeah, it's the Jim Rohn thing, right? Yeah, yeah don't, don't wish don't the world wish. was easier, yeah. wish you were better. Yeah. But think about this, like factors of 10. So like when you start, you know, you're like a small business, you might get a cell phone bill, it's got an extra hundred bucks. I've seen people freak out as if somebody punched them in the face because of a hundred dollar overage on a cell phone bill. Mm -hmm. I would invite people to consider that maybe they should get better at non-reacting to those hundred dollar problems and instead ask for thousand dollar problems, instead ask for 10,000, ask for a hundred thousand dollar problem, ask for million dollar problems. When Oprah was getting sued one time, somebody said, how does it feel? She was getting sued for the mad cow stuff. I don't know mm, if you remember, yep, she, but she was yep. like vocal about it. And then <clears> the associations <throat> of cows or whatever was suing her. And she's like, I'm just grateful to be the kind of person that could be sued for a billion dollars. Mm. Like, she don't care. A little reframe. People show up to their team. Yeah. And if they're immature about it, that's why they have problems. Yeah. It's not their team. Like, I hired that person. Either I didn't train them right. I didn't show, show up as a leader for them. I haven't been coaching them. I haven't been communicating clearly. That's my fault. Like, yeah. I told the guy today, I was like, dude, I never worked through that with you to, I could have saw that. I could have yeah. talked to you about it beforehand and I didn't, my bad. Yeah. It's like, it's not your fault. I go, it is. You report to me. Right. That's my bad. That's extreme ownership. It's real leadership. Dude, I don't go to work to have people work for me. I go to work and I work for them. To support people. Dude, I literally go to work and I say, I work for you. So then my question to you is, what do you need from me to help you do your thing? Yeah. Right. And it's never, I'm the boss. I don't like that word. I find it stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's not the, it's not the, it doesn't make sense. Nobody works for me. Right. This, right. We're creating a thing. It's called a company. If everybody didn't come to work today, there'd be no company. And I really love this thing that, you know, I just happen to own. So technically I work for you guys because you're helping me build this thing. So how can I help you guys? In, in terms of managing philosophical skill sets, like reaction management, that to me is something that stoics have I taught never heard it millennia. called that i like that reaction <clears throat> management yeah it's i get, how, I get what, what i would yeah. say yeah. What, how i would describe it it's kind of like if i start using that in my social you'll know where it came yeah from. <laughs> I, I, I tell people i'll always give you credit the first time but after that it's mine. that's a good yeah. point because sometimes i'm like if i have to credit every person's <laughs> yeah. responsible for this it's idea like zero things it's are three idea. times <laughs> longer than the sentence <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so that, that stoic philosophy has been around for thousands of years of like there are no good or bad events. There's the event. And then it's how you perceive the event that makes it good or bad. Yeah. If you were going to like build almost like a hierarchy of these like core philosophies that help you live a little bit better of a life like mm -hmm. that one, what other things would make the list besides that? Jeez. I, well, I have my manifesto. Okay. So I sat down probably this personal manifesto. Yeah. Do you ever see it's like a black and white, like words and size. And it's like, it's pretty popular poster. And it's got like, you only live one life or like, it's got a bunch of sayings on it. And it's like square, whatever. I saw that. I think it was in New York city and it's pretty popular. And I found the woman who actually helped the company that came up with that oh, create nice. it. And I hired her to work with me on mine. And she essentially went through like all my emails I ever sent, my blog posts, interviews. Wow. And she like helped me like challenge me on like, when you say this, do you, what do you really mean? And so there's a lot of stuff on there. First one is what if you couldn't retire? So mm. like I talk about build your empire, which is a big word. That's a scary word for a lot of entrepreneurs. I just want to make some money. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to build an empire. I don't want to listen to my shitty boss anymore. Yeah. But because empire to them is like a big complex thing. Mm -hmm. For me, the definition of empire is a life of unlimited creation we never have to retire from. And I think everybody should want that. I think every podcaster, artist, creative, like, 
don't you want to wake up every day and just create and yeah. never feel like there's a cap on that? Right. So that's why the book is so important to me is I just really want to unlock entrepreneurship. I want to unlock creatorship, right? So what if you couldn't retire has been driving my life for a long time, pretty much ever. And I think most entrepreneurs can resonate, like real entrepreneurs can resonate with this. The idea of not retiring, it's like even in my book, I talk about this is like, if you sold your company to retire, you'd be poolside staring at the umbrella, looking at how dumb the design is. And by noon, you would have started a new company and hired the pool yeah. boy to be your first employee. You already made a, an yeah. order on Alibaba. It's yeah. just like who you are, right? So why would you stop? Like people are like, do you ever want to retire? I go, do you follow me on social media? Like, <laughs> what would I retire Define from? Define retire, yeah. It's kind of bananas. Right. It's like, what do you want me to stop doing? Well, and that's kind of what I mean by like flipping the entire narrative upside down because that is the goal for most people is retirement. It's like retirement's the goal. It's like, oh well, man, it should be such about a love in your opposite life. Goal, right? Yeah. Right? Somebody said the other day, this guy was telling, he's like, yeah, I delete social media from my phone and I reinstall it every couple of days to respond to people. Wow. Okay. Why? Well, I'm addicted. And I go, I think you're addicted to social media because you're not addicted to your life. Hmm. And I just have so much going on that there's no, I don't have a window to go be addicted. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I'd spend six hours on TikTok. I'm like, what you just don't have anything going on yeah like i can't even find seven minutes to reply to a text message because i'm intentional about how now it's not that i'm working it's i'm in croatia with my family for three weeks i'm yeah. trying to buy companies i'm like it's you know and i'm trying to do these podcasts i mean this is like right. one of four we're doing today it's like awesome yeah. right i get to meet cool people so that's in the top left of the manifesto and there's like 13 of them the other ones i think people resonate with that is kind of unique is become a belief collector Become a belief I'm a collector. belief collector, man. I'll show you, Travis. Like, I I'll give. I want to give your audience the real deal, okay? Please. So this is just like all the ideas I have for tweets, which isn't very long, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just had this one this morning. No rain, no flowers. Yeah. I saw a tennis pro on TV. She had a tattoo, and it said "No rain, no flowers." And I used to always say to people, I'd said, "If you hate the rain, start a garden." Yeah. Right. Same. Probably more elegant way to say it. But I collect these beliefs. Check this one out. This is all the times I've talked to my buddy Brad. Okay, he's br brilliant. It's not all the times. A lot of like. Oh wow. Damn. That's just conversation. With my buddy Brad, that I go snow biking with. <laughs> like these are things you got to let go of negative beliefs to move forward. Be a belief collector. Yeah, I be like a belief that. collector. So I just collect belief, right? So I think a lot of people read, but they don't collect the beliefs. They don't integrate it in their minds. It's kind of like reprogramming, like I'm a software guy. So like I'm trying to reprogram my thoughts, my defaults, my focus, what I call my emotional home. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something I've definitely done a lot. That's why I asked the question because I've done a lot of thought on that. I grew up kind of in a cultish environment. And so a lot of my 20s, mid 20s, late 20s was spent rewiring everything about how I think about the world, what I believe about the world. And so I spent a lot of time just like trying to think about like what, what would I, if I were going to script, you know, a set of values to live by, what would they be? Yeah. And who informs those and who's right and who's wrong and what's most advantageous, you know? So that's why I asked the question because I have the same thing, just my life, lessons. my life lessons. Yeah, dude. Notes. I think people aren't as intentional about capturing that stuff. Yeah. Right. And if you don't capture it, then it's just, you're just trusting that hopefully I remember. Or you're trusting that hopefully my parents were right. Oh, well, that's, that's fascinating. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. like you either come up with your own or you just listen to what people I tell know, you but are the things that I know. Value. So the parents stuff. So like, you know, I don't know if you know my background on that front, but like I grew up in like serious chaos, ended mm -hmm. up in prison twice by the time I was 17, almost took my life in a high speed chase, you know, rehab for 11 months, 
And writing code, learning how to write code literally saved my life. And that's a big part of my life. The thing I'm most proud of, like love the business stuff. I go back two, three times a year, talk to the kids, breathe belief into them. The thing that I share with them, because again, they're like, you know, I want to get out here and be sober, but like my dad's this, my mom's that, like it's tough, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do I make decisions when this is what I've always learned or been exposed to? And my rule is that for the big life decisions, you have to ask mentors. You cannot ask your parents. And I love my dad. He's my best friend. Like, he's so cool. We talked this morning. But if he's never done the thing I want to do, yeah. and I'm asking him, should I go to university or not? Should I start a company or not? What do you think about this guy or girl? Yeah. What about this business partner? They're going to give me advice that's going to get me the results that they, they got. got. Right, right. Well, that's just a, that's a kind of not very smart thought. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's like, if you actually think logically, if you ask people to help you get to an outcome that they've gotten, but you don't want that outcome. Right. Why are you asking? Totally. Why are you putting so much value into their opinion? Yeah. Their love for you does not make them correct. No, and you don't have to yeah. be upset about it. Some people are like, oh, my bird doesn't believe in me. Why would you expect them to? They've never done this before. So, like your need of them believing you is actually silly. You're speak. you're literally speaking a different language to them. They, like, don't they don't get it. Dude, if I called my saying. dad right now and I said, hey, you know, we call him Fit Vic. I'd be like, Fit Vic, I'm on a podcast. Tell people what I do. He'd just laugh because I still don't get it. <laughs> still don't get it, man. I put my life on the internet, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. But he still doesn't get it because it's just not. And I think oftentimes, Joey, though, I say, you still think I'm a 13-year-old troublemaker. Yeah. He right. goes, well, it's hard not to see you that way, Danielle. He calls me Danielle because I'm, you know, I can't, I grew up French. And I go, I get it. You know, and then, you know, we go to my event and there's 500 people in the room and he's like, how are these people here to see you? I go, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They know that they're here to see you. Right? Hell, like, dude, <laughs> but his first time he came to an event, he was at the pool and it was like the day before the event started and he saw people wearing the badges, like pre-registration Yeah, and he would stop people and he's like, do you know Dan Martell? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> we're in his group. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, what did he tell you to get you to come? Yeah. And then they started like telling them about the impact we've had on their lives. And, and I remember the first time he saw me on stage, I came off and he just, he's so giggly. He's just like, he goes, you figured it out. I said, what's that? Dad? He goes, you're not working. Like, that's not work. I can't believe it, dude. You figured it out. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, that's so cool. My dad yeah. actually got to see what I try to tell people is like, that's create awesome. a life you never have to retire from. Selfish question here because I'm a dad. He's I got super a, selfish. I got a four-year-old and I got a two-year-old. Yeah. So anytime I'm talking with somebody who either has a great relationship with their parents or is also a parent in addition to all the other things that you do, I got asked the questions. What do you think were a couple of things that your dad did to make sure that you guys have a great relationship now? Was that more him? Was that more you? And then what are some things that you're trying to do with your kids to make sure that kind of ends up It's a beautiful way? question, Travis. Thank you. Here's the truth. I think my dad and my mom did the best with what they had. Hmm. My mom's adopted two alcoholic parents. The fact that she's a functioning adult is beautiful. My dad, same thing, you know, not adopted, but parents are alcoholics. The fact that he's an incredible parent to me and grandfather to my kids is awesome. Hmm. My dad's never read a book on personal development. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just got to a point where I realized like, I can either wait until he figures it out, or I'll go work on me to get to a place where I don't need him to. Yeah, right. See what I'm saying? Mm. I eventually got to a place powerful, yeah. where I didn't need to change him. Zero. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time my kid, I called her up. It was like, we had, you know, Max for like three months, right? And I'm driving and he's crying. And he's not going to sleep. 
And he finally goes to sleep and I call my mom. And the first thing I say to her is, I'm sorry. And she goes, why? And I go, I'm sitting here with Max. You had four. Yeah. Oh my God. I am so sorry. Right? So I just got to a place where I didn't need her or him to become anything. And then I just kept shining my light. And what I mean by that is like my dad for a long time, and I don't know why I never asked him this, you know, he'd always punt every time I'd ask him to do like, you know, Hey, I'd love for you to come on my boat. Just you and I, and he's like, Oh yeah, I'll see if, if Diane is his wife, you know, I'll see if the, if Diane's available. And I'm like, no, just you dad. And he's like, yeah, I'm busy around the thing or whatever. And I didn't know why. And I remember calling my brother Pierre and I'd be like, dude, does dad ever like, do you ever hang out with dad, just you and him? And he's like, no, man. And I was like, why? He goes, I don't know. I don't know if it's something like with die that he has like separation anxiety. I, he, we literally couldn't figure it out. Mm. And then finally him and I sat down, we didn't corner my dad, but we said, we really like, we had an intervention. Yeah. And we just said, we love you. You know, you're 71 now. We would love to like spend time with just the boys. Yeah. No ladies. Yep. And dude, so we, I asked, this is like, you know, 20 years in the making. And finally I got my dad to agree and we got a, you know, this crazy hotel suite. We rented e-bikes. We were, we drove around this beach community I live in and just, or this lake community and just like we're kids. Yeah. And my dad saw how it could be. And I remember there was like a switch and he goes, I'm sorry. I always thought it would be different. And I don't know if he was worried I was going to confront him about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he sees what we both, even my other brother is super successful, right? Like I won the entrepreneur award in Canada. My other brother, Pierre won it like five years later. Oh, wow. And they told my dad, if your other son, Mo, wins it, we're going to give you an award. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and then, but like, Mo's not as driven as us. I was like, don't hold your breath. Like, <laughs> I love you, Mo, but you, yeah, Odds dad, yeah. you may not, we'll give it to you ourselves. And, uh, but, you know, again, it took that long to just show up and uh, just say, be the lighthouse. Yeah. Never give up. I never, I always want to be ready. I'm going to go do the thing to be the example, to model. And when people around me, my friends, my brother was, you know, when I was halfway through finally figuring out business and I had a couple hundred thousand saved in my bank account, my brother came to me for advice to start his first business. And I was in a position to write him a check to seed fund his home building company. Oh, that's awesome. Because I, instead of showing up every day, telling him you should start a business, start a business and him being like, shut up. Yeah. Right. I just went and did the thing. And then when he was ready. Can't help but see the results. Yeah. And I could just, and now I had the resources because I didn't waste energy trying to get other people to do something that they weren't ready for. I just went and did the thing. It's like people go to the CrossFit once. Sure. You should, you know what I did today? I did a wad. You should come to CrossFit. CrossFit's the best. It's like, dude, go for a couple of years and show me that you're competing a little bit. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like, how do you know somebody's a vegan? They don't shut up about it. It's like, come on. Like, just because you've been vegan for three weeks, like, just go be an example. And then when people are curious, they're going to lean in. That's my philosophy on, on success. So yeah, I never asked my parents to be anything, just be themselves. And then I had to work through all the stuff. Cause look, I still call my dad and he asked me like these questions that I'm like, why are you asking me that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him. So how do you view that in terms of your role as a parent now? Totally. So a lot of stuff, my responsibility to my kids is to become an emotional coach for my kids. That's it. Their success in life. This is a tough one for some parents. What they do or don't do is not a reflection of who I am as a person. Hmm. I tell my kids all the time, if you're happy with your grades, cool. I don't give a crap what they say. 
Like what a school that I didn't design and I didn't get involved in the testing and help them figure out if it was even made sense. Sure. Decide you are here versus there as your father, zero. Hmm. I do not care. If you care, I care because I love anything you care about, I care about. That's empathy, mm -hmm. right? But that's not how I'm going to decide if I'm proud of you or not. I'm going to be proud of you for watching you do things that are hard mm -hmm. and where everybody else might have wanted to stop, you got back up. Yeah. So it could be as subtle as just like going and practicing your soccer in the front yard to right. whatever. So I'm very intentional about the words I use, how I show up as a father. When they're ready to talk to me, everything is away. I'm here for you. I teach them like people are like, oh, your kids shouldn't be on devices. It's not the device is not the problem. It's their self-confidence. I want my kids to have high self-confidence. I want them to be creative problem solvers. Like we have a full-time house manager and a staff at our home. And like, it would be easy for them to do stuff for our kids. Yeah. Since they were little babies, I've been very clear. I got this from Shaq. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm, I'm talking rich. about? I'm rich. You're not. Yeah. Betty works for me. She does not work for you. Yeah. When we hired Betty, we were very clear. You do not pick up their bags, flush the toilet when they forget, clean their rooms, nothing. Yeah. You work for Renee and I. And if you choose or want to do that, you have to ask for our permission. If they ask you to do that and you know that you shouldn't be doing it, don't do it. Mm. Man, the amount of parents I see like do everything. It's like they go pick up the kids when they're at uh, you know, preschool and they're like doing their shoes and yeah. zipping up their jackets. Right. And they think they do it out of love. It's like you're, you're actually you're handicapping yep. your kid from being well-adjusted, resourceful yep. young men. And the way I think about it is like, do you want their, like in my case, my sons, do I want their spouse, their wives or whatever to like- Tie their shoes. Do I want them to be proud of the men they become or do I want them to feel annoyed that we didn't let them learn how to cook for themselves? Like yeah. I've never cooked for my kids, dude. Do you know how crazy that is? Mm -hmm. If you ever meet Max and Noah, ask them, has your dad ever made you breakfast? The answer is no. I've sat there while they're cooking pans, making eggs, burning toast. Yeah. And they eventually figured out themselves. I just know like, cause I was worried. Here's what happened. I was worried that at some point I would have to like bring him in the woods and run away. <laughs> like- like a rite what? of passage service. Yeah, because I went through so much adversity <laughs> right. that I was worried that they would be they would be, be soft. soft. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and I talked to Ben Greenfield, who actually did this with his twin boys. Yeah. Like literally 21. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily I've learned this. The world is hard enough. Mm. Just allow the world to impact your kids. Your kids will be bullied at school. Your kids will have struggles on their sports team, their whatever. Let them deal with it. Don't tie their shoes. Yeah. Don't always be making them food. Don't clean up their rooms. Don't flush their toilet. Like make them come back. Yeah. And I think that is how I've been crazy intentional about making sure that I at least give them the tools to do what they want. And at the same time, whatever they want to do in life, like, dude, I don't like, I'd love my kids to do whatever. I just want them to, to be fulfilled. I don't even want them to be happy. I think happy is a weird word. I want them to wake up and feel productive and fulfilled and give and be good humans and be kind. What they do in their careers has nothing to do with me as a person. Yeah. And I never want them to live for me. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Let's go down that happiness thing for a second here, if you'll allow me to, because that, again, I do a lot of thinking about this types, these types of things. And I've mostly found that to be true as well. Like happiness is a, you know, if you ask most people what they want, I think most people will probably say, I just want to be happy. But happy is such an elusive emotional state that we don't really have a ton of control over. And I find that it's mostly like a, it's like trying to shoot a moving target off of the back of a horse with an old bow and arrow. You know, it's just like, define happiness for me. You know what I mean? Like, so if, uh, what I joke with people and say sometimes like the thing the founding fathers got wrong is the pursuit of happiness, like for people to have life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Like, well, if you're pursuing happiness, you're probably never going to find it. There's other more meaningful things to pursue that I think will provide more moments of happiness. But happiness is always a momentary thing. It's never a sustainable state. So what, in your opinion, if happiness isn't the goal, what are some more meaningful goals I mean, you, you bring up a good point because, like, I, I have my buddy, Dr. Kashi, and every time I talk to him, I ask him a question. He goes, first off, we need to define every word in that sentence. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, maybe the, the, for, the, the, the creators of the United States, their word for happiness is different than what we believe it to yeah, be. Yeah, what we... Yeah, yeah right. so it's like, Derived I think, first off, what does it mean? To me, I like the word fulfillment. You can use a different word, but I want to feel useful. Right. It's the reason why if like people are like, I want freedom. It's like, poof, you're now on a beach in your favorite country and you got a place and you don't Slipping have to work and you're good yep. all day long. Six weeks in, you're going to be like, oh, if this is what I got, 10 years from now, I'm going to hate myself. Like mm -hmm. you want variety. Yeah. You want to feel creative. You, you need don't problems. You need stuff to just, challenge yeah, you. Right. Yeah. So so let's just figure out what that looks like. And then the other thing is, is I think what, you know, happiness or fulfillment is a life of, like you talked about reaction management. I think that's like, and this is why there's a lot of meditation, breath work, spirituality conversations. It's getting to a place where it's like mind like water. Hmm. That's really what I think I want for my kids. I want my kids to go through the world to create. And if somebody like says your shit sucks, they're like, they're confident enough to not give a shit. 
your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I can love you as a human, but the words that came out of your mouth do not have to resonate, sit with me, connect to me, stay with me at all. It zero does. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that you felt the need to vocalize that for you. Yeah. Hope that did something for you. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it has literally no bearing on who yeah. I am. I know who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that is almost like the pursuit of the world, right? Is that we're born, I would say with that as a child, your kids, mm -hmm. they live in that place. Totally. Unlimited creativity, fun, joy, abundance. It's all this. These are called positive energetic spirals, right? And over time, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I think that could be part of the human experience, the spiritual experience is we get that beaten out of us, yeah. right? Yeah. We start falling into this like construct of how the world works and I'm supposed to do this and I sit in a desk and I do that. And you know what I mean? There's this thing called mon money and yeah, right. whatever. And if you are fortunate enough to go on a path and journey of personal development, betterment, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, you get to the other side of that, realizing that it was always there, that it required nothing, that every person could have that right now. Yeah. Right. Whether you have the money or nothing, the company or nothing, relationship or nothing, if you can actually just learn to love the moment, yeah, it's yours to have. And at the same time, I call it like, you know, gratitude and grind, like be grateful for what you have. Want the desire of wanting more is actually like what our creator gave us. He said, go out there and create. Mm. Well, well, how could I create if I didn't want more? Yeah. Check this out. Everything we see was first existed in somebody's mind. Think about how crazy this is. All of it, our shirts. Yep. Somebody literally had to see it in the brain to bring it to life. Yeah. Right. And if you're telling me that's not part of the human condition that you should literally wake up every day and try to do for the rest of your life, that's what we're here to do. And then what it, what that unlocks is like, when I do that, when you do your art, what's the emotional reaction to the in, interaction, right? The pointy edges, right? Yeah. Of like, I don't know why, but I just don't like that guy. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, this guy, Peter Cron has a great saying. He says, the world will show you through people and circumstances where you are not free. Think about that. Don't lean away from it. Lean yeah. into it. As soon as you see somebody that triggers you, go, wow, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. What is it about this Why? specific yeah. scenario <clears throat> for me, not for everybody else, that triggers me or upsets me or gets me to feel a certain way? Let's ask some questions. That's, Learn, that's, yeah. that's what I think like, <clears throat> life is about to get to a place where mind like water. Yeah. Learn to be a third-party observer of your Dude, own Dude, the observer frame is just such yeah. a beautiful way to look at it. How do you view your, your relationships, Dan? You obviously know a ton of people professionally and you seemingly have a good relationship with your kids, your wife, your parents. You're intentional about a lot of these things. In terms of your success in life, what percentage of that would you attribute to the people that you surround yourself with? 93%. Okay. 93%. So a good amount. It's kind of like this, man. It's like, you know... You just had Mr. King Keto here. Yeah. If I want to get fit and I and my buddies, the seven other friends I spend the most time with look like him. Yeah. I don't have to like set goals and do a meal plan. Totally and I, right. I just got to be around them and they will vibrate at a higher energy for that specific outcome. Mm -hmm. So when I think about the way I've learned now to attack businesses and industries, I've built multi eight figure companies in multiple different industries back to back in record time. The first thing I do is I ask myself, who's already done it? 
I literally make a spreadsheet. I have this thing called the, you know, the hundred people. And it's like, I need the 10 mentors that have been there in the past, right? Mm -hmm. I want the advisors, the people that are like the supporting characters, the lawyers, the event organizers, like what are the consultants? And then who are the peers? Who are the people that are two years ahead of me? Because yeah. the two years ahead of me are going to give me the innovation today. Totally. The mentors yeah. are going to show me the possibility. Yeah. And then the advisors are going to be the people that help me solve these like people and infrastructure and like whatever problems. And to me, like it's all about people now. And then this is my unique approach to it is to me, I don't believe in balance. I believe in integration. You know, Scooter Braun calls it harmony, right? Yeah. It's like my life is all things. I invest in my friends' companies. I'll give you like how... Because I've been doing this for years and people are like, how integrated is it? Okay. Let me just share this. The note file you just looked at was from my, one of my best friends, Brad. Okay. Every Friday during the winter months, we get together and we go snow biking, which is like if the, a real dirt bike and a snowmobile had a baby. Yeah. I've it, heard it's a blast. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's funny. I, my, do you know Brant Pinvidic? No. He's a reality TV show producer yeah. in Hollywood, but he's from Canada. Okay. And he goes up to Whistler. They just as rip often around. as he can. And he was like, he does like adventure weekends, like almost every weekend. He's like, my favorite activity bar none is snow, snow biking. biking. It's like pure powder, flowy mountain tree dodging. So cool. So Brad's my best friend. We go snow biking every Friday. I'm a first investor in his company, Pila. Okay. Which is a biodegradable phone case. Also Lomi, which is, you know, a organic food essentially dehydrator slash okay. compost machine. It's fascinating. $100 million revenue in one year. Okay. Gosh. So I co-invested with Jay-Z, like bananas. I grew up in a small town in East yeah, Coast, Canada. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Matt and Brad, the co-founders called me and they're like, hey, we're finally going to raise a round because I asked for years. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we got 5 million come from Jay-Z. I'm like, what did you just say? Am I going to co- be? So, so, and I sit on the board. Nice. And we do date nights with our couples and we spend, to me, it's all one. Right. My business partners are my friends. I think a lot of times people keep things separate because they are not stable. Yeah. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's almost like, it's almost like there's a scarcity mentality. Yeah. Of, be careful. How I say this because it's not always true, but if you do business in a shady way and you're used Dude, to, if you constantly have shame, people, if over, you have shadow, yeah, right. right? The you, freest you, person in the room is a person who has no secrets, right? You have a subconscious mistrust of yourself. You don't trust. So yourself. you can't get in business with your friends because no, you're afraid. Because what if it doesn't work out? Right. And now our families are friends yeah. to me, because I've just always shown up a thousand percent who I am. Yeah. And when people get around me, they know what they're getting into. And I will always do good. Like I'm very rational. It's like, here's the thing. Somebody messed up. I'm, I think this is fair. What do you think? Like one of my business partners, we started this whole incubator, blah, blah, blah. And we both got busy on other stuff and that we essentially have to wind it down. And there's like the share structure thing going on. And he put in like some money and I, but we got to get like the lawyers to dissolve it. And then I'm going to, anyways, tax reason, I'm going to use it as a loss in another company. And I go, what do you, I got to like buy your shares, but technically the business isn't worth much. What do you want to do with it? And he's like, what do you think is fair? I said, well, I mean, the truth is there's nothing there. You put in your money. I put in my money. I, we put in a lot of time. It didn't work out. Lesson learned. But I mean, it's not nothing. I go, what do you think? And he gave me a number and I said, done. Hmm. Don't care. Like yeah. ain't worth any emotional friction. That totally. was a number he wanted. I thought it was a little bit more. Didn't matter in the grand scheme of what we're trying to create over the next 25 years. It's nothing. God. That what time you just frame. said time for, I that, know that to me is the biggest deal. Yeah. And when, whenever I'm dealing with like interpersonal relationships or things like that, or 
times where I feel like I'm getting the raw end of the deal or I'm swallowing, you know, the majority of the loss or like something negative happens and I'm the one that's getting kind of hit with it. That's always what I come back to is like, I'm not in this for six months from now. I'm in this for 30, 40, 50 years from now. Yeah. Like if your frame is decades is in decades, then you're not making these weak decisions. That like, is probably yeah. one of the components of why people have a hard time with it is because they're so short term. Yeah. They're it's got to be next week. Right. Next yeah, month. Right. How are I going to make my numbers this quarter? Right. It's like, dude, I'm trying to build a dream team of people I can create unlimitedly. Exactly. Where it's like, yeah, life. this will, if you, and if you still like and trust this partner in that particular business and you're still friends and you still have like a lot of cool things, you we're going to build stuff together. Then, yeah, but, but, it's but, like, but you could have sacrificed all of the potential future gain for something so teeny tiny right now. But even more sense. than that, because this world is literally so flat. Like, what if I don't do right by them and I'm going to do another investment and they knew I was partners with them and they call them and that person says, you know, he's a good guy, but when yeah. things get Just down to it, sharp elbows, yeah. then they decide to go and take the money from somebody else. And people don't realize the amount of back channeling that gets done on a daily basis. It's like, if you message me and said, Hey, I saw so you're connected to this guy. What do you think? And I reply and I say, here's my number. Call me. Yeah. You don't have to call. You know what I mean? Right. I usually go read into that, you know, right. feel free to call or read into that as you wish. Yeah. I'll never say anything bad about somebody. Yeah. I just, you know, and that happens all day long and people don't understand it. If you're, if you truly want to build something special, you got to play the long game mm -hmm. and your personal reputation and brand is what's going to unlock, dude, There's... it's never incremental. You know, I was sharing this with my, uh, my buddy, Sam yesterday. Cause he, he was fascinated when he, cause he's hanging out with me these last few days, he's watching how I move through the world. And he goes, man, it's almost like things you need to have happen. Like people bring them to you like an hour after you've told me, Hey, this needs to happen next. And then somebody's there and they come up and they're like, Hey, I do this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, bop, bop, bop. he goes, how does this always happen? I go, dude, the economy is happening, whether you're conscious of it or not. Here's what I know for a fact. There is somebody out there. Let's say somebody woke up and they said, I have a dream to own a $5 million business. That would just be the ultimate. I don't know how that would happen. I don't know. I just quit my job. I, would, I don't even know what business I want to be in. I'm a good operator. I worked at this company. I'm 40 years old, blah, blah, blah. I know that there is somebody out there that has a $600 million business and they have a division that is annoying. And it's a $5 million division. And if somebody sat next to him on a plane and happened to show initiative, they would happily give it to that person. And I know that happens every day. And people listening, they're going to go, that's stupid. That doesn't yeah. happen. It happens every day. Yeah. Dude, I shut down shit all the time. That's half a million dollars in revenue, a million dollars. Yeah. And if somebody showed up in that moment where I'm saying, hey, like, pruning that's what great entrepreneurs do we prune we're yeah. like hey this is where the winner is we're gonna go push on the winner and we're gonna prune this other stuff yeah. somebody came along and say you know let me take it and i'll give you 10 percent of the profit indefinitely yeah well that's better than me shutting it down right all day long right so like i just don't think people realize like there's opportunities always to just put it out there to the world to allow when you talk about relationships man it is all relationship and it's energy yeah so who you know or what you know then? What's more important? I, you know, it's funny. When I was 20 years old, maybe 19, I uh, cold emailed 20 of the richest people in the United States. Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, 
Bill Ackman, like all these people. Okay, yeah. I got the list and I just found their emails and I just emailed them this. I'm a young entrepreneur. I want to be successful. One question. Is it what I know, who I know, or how hard I work that is going to decide how successful I am? And uh, Steve Jobs, I emailed them all. Unfortunately, but as you can imagine, I didn't get a lot of replies. Yeah. I might've gotten like three or four. Okay. Which is still awesome. awesome. Super yeah. cool. Grateful. <laughs> and they were some of them long answers. And then Mark Cuban replied and he said, doing all three while everybody's trying to pick one. Now I like the answer cause it's true. But if you said who, you know, or what, you know, I mean, this is a thing. Some people know a lot of people, but they don't know how to activate that. Got to have some sort of competence. You got to have a skill that's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be that you pull people up. Like I have a friend and he doesn't have a business or anything, but he makes me laugh every time I call him. He's like, he likes the Brian Cow. Remember I was telling you the yeah, guy yeah, earlier? Yeah. yeah. Loves Brian Cow. Every time I call him, he always has a joke, always has a story. And I, and that's the, the relationship. Yep. Yeah. And it's just like, it's beautiful. So it doesn't have to be like a hardcore, you help people make money. It could just be like what you are passionate about. Sure. And people love that because you are hundred percent who you are. But so it's not just, it is really both. It's you need to know the right people and put yourself in the right circumstances. And it's the weak ties. It's not the people you know really well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm very intentional about like meeting somebody new, trying to add value to them. Like, you know, yesterday, I never met this guy, Michael Burke. You know who Coach Burke is? Yeah. I think he's this, like his content's super fun. Okay. I've been following him for years. And then my buddy, so I think he has a jet and he's in Nashville. And my other buddy, Taylor, was asking me about my plane. And he's mm -hmm. like, I need to figure this game out. And I was like, dude, do you know Michael? And he's like, I don't. I go, dude, he lives in Nashville and he has a plane, like proximity, yeah. get together. Right. So I just like, I just messaged Michael. Hey, do you know Taylor? He goes, I know of him. Yeah. Right. He's super well known on the internet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he goes, uh, I said, do you mind? I'll make an intro. He'd love to chat with you about the, your plane. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I made a connection. I've never met Michael. I'm at, you know, WealthCon and Ryan's there. And I was like, have you ever been, you know, I was chatting with Ryan about speak like other events. And I was mm -hmm. like, have you ever met? He's like, no. I was like, oh, wow. And then I, and Michael says to me, he goes, you're such a great connector. And mm -hmm. I'm like, but dude, you put out so much that adds value to my life. Yeah, yeah. I've been following for years. Yeah. I love your prey drive stuff. I love the way you communicate. He's got that coachy vibe. Like he's just- That little Southern draw that makes dude, you feel Dude, you're just, you seem like yeah. a really good dude, man. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm a sucker for a person that consistently shows. I think the most uncommon thing today is being consistent. Yeah. I think the most common thing is actually- People that are consistent, they don't, can't show any results. Yeah. The most common thing in the world today is somebody that's consistent that has no results. Yeah. One year of experience, 20 years in a row. Dude, they just show up every day. They go to the gym. They haven't gotten bigger. Every day they go to the gym, three times a week, they go to the gym. You look the same as last year. Why are you going to the gym? Your business, same size. What are you doing? You're waking up. Like my buddy, Nick asked me the other day, he goes, man, I keep, you know, hearing you and stuff. And this is one of my very good friends. Like we wake surf and stuff. And he's like, I know I'm supposed to have a vision, but I'm just having a hard time with it. And I said, well, here's the deal, man. You're going to wake up for the next five years, 10 years, whatever. You're going to work, right? You're not going to, you're not going to retire. You could, but you're not going to, right? He goes, no, I'm going to work. I go, cool. So either you wake up with intentional, intentionality to hit a target or you don't, but whether or not you work or not work, you're going to work. And it's not any more effort. Hmm. there's no more effort. Like people, when they get that, it's like the target and the way to get there, as long as you know what it is, it's just being intentional day by day. Yeah. 
it's going left instead of right. Same effort to go left or right, but I went right because I know that right aligns more with the target. Yeah. So that's, if anything, when people see me, they're like, how do you have so much energy and all this stuff? It's like, I know what my purpose is. I know where I'm going. Last night, a guy's like, hey, uh, man, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but whatever. So like, and he, he has a, he said, um, yeah, I said, what are you doing? He goes, I do ECR stuff, employee retention, ERC. Yeah, yeah. ERC. <clears throat> I don't know what that is because I'm Canadian, but we have you know, like 60% of my companies in the US. So somebody on my team knows what it is. So he goes, yeah, we help companies make, you know, $28,000, dollars you have a big community? Love to talk to you. And I just say like, how does this become a $50 million opportunity for me? He goes, oh, well, it I don't, it wouldn't be 50, but it might be a easy one or two per year. And I go, cool. sounds awesome, dude. But unfortunately it's just not for me. Yeah. Why not? I know where I'm going Yeah. and I know what it looks like. And I teach this stuff. So like, I wouldn't want to not model for you what I write about in my book to tell you how not to get distracted. Right. Like, is there an opportunity for you that you probably shouldn't say yes to? He's like, yeah, I go, cool. But I bet you still say yes because you want to be the nice guy and a friend introduced you and you schedule the call and you get off the call. You spent 45 minutes talking to somebody you're like, why was I talking to that person? Mm. It's because you don't understand that you don't have a, I knew he doesn't have a vision yeah. because if somebody's easily takes stuff without a purpose like that, and then and that's just waste. Busy so, versus productive. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't require more work. That's why I wrote a whole chapter. Yeah. It's called the time assassins. There's five time assassins that require $0 to buy back your time that is self-inflicted. Don't do those five and you will get a lot of time back. You don't have to spend a penny, right? Uh, you mentioned a little bit ago, I want to talk to you about this as well. I know you're really focused on your health these days because yeah. you weren't always focused on that, right? No, man, 265 pounds of pure blubber. 265, that yeah. was 250 a couple really? of years ago, yep. Have you ever seen the Very photo? Very similar, I'd love to see it. Yeah, my, I don't know, if this is video obviously, but yeah, anybody you, listening you, to the audio, go check out the YouTube. Yeah, I was going to say, if you shoot it over to us, we'll pop it up on the screen too. This is the programmer, Dan. Programmer, Dan. So this is you in front of a computer eating. That's hilarious. It doesn't even look like the same person. No, people are like, that's not you. I yeah. go, yep, that's me. That was me learning to code. Wow. That's wild. Sitting around. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like that for a while. Yeah. Like I would, I'd lose a little bit of weight and a little bit of weight. And then probably when my kids were like two or three, I was like, you know what it was? This is the thinking. I'm the same weight. Okay. So like for maybe a year, I was the same weight, but I was heavy, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably like 40 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight. And I thought to myself, if I got in shape and, and I just maintained it, I could feel better about taking my shirt off. And it's the same because like I, I wasn't putting on weight, yeah, but I right, wasn't right. in shape. Right. So I literally just decided you're maintaining uh, that thing, yeah, right. which is all about identity and worth. And there's a whole lot of stuff to unlayer in regards to wealth and happiness. But that was the first kind of like, you know, domino. Yeah. And then I realized like feeling confident allowed me to show up better in meetings. It allowed me to have more energy, more capacity. I was more available for my kids. I wasn't being like, I'm so tired. I don't want to deal with this. And I was, and then my mind. So like for me, yeah. And then it was just like, I'm curious what I could do and like, where are the limits? So the Ironman stuff started kicking in, which do I remember my first time, my buddy, Nick, we did a visioning exercise and on his vision board, he had an Ironman. Okay. And I'm not one to tell people they shouldn't dream. But when I tell you, like, dude, I was like, it's, like, it's kind of like, dude, it's so no, silly. is really cool. But uh, dude, we didn't work out. We didn't run. Like, I was like, how do you have a full, an Ironman? Like, 
when do you want to do this? I don't know. By the time I die. And I was just, dude, we've done five together. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's awesome. So I've learned like, shut your mouth then, like let people dream. Yeah. And I'm grateful for him for putting it on his dream. And then like I started working, and he kept being like, hey, come for a swim. Like, I can't swim. He's like, we'll figure it out. So yeah. yeah, I just think like the health for me, it's like, it's a non-negotiable. Again, it's, I want my kids to to model, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to show up for them the way, I'm not going to tell them what to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. They're going to, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Yep. Dude, their kids have been watching their parents go to like, I used to do a lot more CrossFit. So they, like, since they were babies, yep. put them on the floor, we're doing CrossFit. Yep. They grew up in that community every day. Mm -hmm. Renee or I would take the boys to CrossFit. Then they've been to my races, right? <laughs> now I'm doing ultras. Now the cold plunging, man, just like going yep. in there with your little dude and just being like, I know this is going to suck, but just stay with me here. And we go down <laughs> and it's like, ah, it just allows you to live a more fulfilled life. What, what, what ultras have you done? I've got my first ultra this year, okay. literally a month. What's the distance? 50K in Squamish, but okay. it's uh 3000 meters. It's not the 50K I have a problem with. It's two mountains I got to climb. Yeah, that's rough. That's that, the, dude, all I've been doing is that changes literally going bit. on five and six hour hikes and running down, getting dropped off on top of mountains and doing mm. 20Ks downs. Have you lost your toenails yet? I've lost, I literally, my two toenails right now are deformed. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a time marker because usually all my races are in like July or August and it takes yeah. a year for it to grow back. Yeah. So like <laughs> it's been years now I'm just used to, and I thought maybe it was my shoes. So I changed shoes, but yep. it's just part of the long distance. I did my first one last year, a 38 miler. Yeah. And yeah, my, I think 38 my, would be 50 K. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, it's yeah. probably right about that. We're doing a 39 in like a week or two with the same friends that I did the 38 with. And uh, yeah, my toenail is like just now back to normal ish gonna, from, gonna from gonna last drop. year. Yeah. But I do think that my shoes were completely incorrect. Yeah. And I, they were like three years old. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, running shoes, you know, just put on running shoes and go for no. a run. <laughs> it's like, that's not how it works. So I got myself a nice pair of Hoka's. That's why I, I moved from ASICs yep. to Hoka's. I yeah. got the uh, Speed Goats. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to be running and racing in. Yeah. The elevation change is going to be the, that, that's the, that's, I luckily live on a mountain. Difference. So all my training is out my front door. I, elevation. Up nice. up yeah. Yeah. It's like not as moist though. Cause like Squamish is like Vancouver, like rainforest. And I live more in a desert, but you know, it's going to suck and it's going to be awesome and beautiful and lovely at the same time. That's the nature, right? Yeah. That's the nature of it. it like while you're doing it, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're doing that and you're like part, you're in the military and you're training, it's like, well, this is just part of what I do. Yeah. But it's like when you're a business owner and you're just running in the middle of nowhere yeah, and you're just continuing to run like, why and am I doing every that? step yeah. sucks, it's like, what, why am I doing this again? Like I could easily not be doing, I could easily be doing anything else. And there are a lot of things I would rather be doing. Totally. But the feeling that I got when I finished and my, because my wife came and picked me up where we stopped running and my son got out of the car and like ran and gave me a big old hug and like that feeling of like i cannot believe i just finished this because i was not trained properly i did not i didn't do all the things that i should have done leading up you to didn't it. hire a coach i didn't hire a coach i just did it like i decided to do it like two days before yeah you just and i was in decent shape harder exactly yeah i just two you know, days I'm, before I'm a masochist you know oh, two wow. days before i decided to go ahead and do it and again i was in decent shape at the time but not not, not 38 ultra. miles is yeah, different. It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never done a marathon before that. Okay. That's so, fascinating. Yeah. It was like when I finished it, I was surprised myself that but I finished it. But that's the cool part about the body, right? Like it can take quite a bit of abuse. <laughs> it taught me a lot. You know, I opened up a massive blister on my left foot, mile four. 
And then mile 20, I got some sort of like a hairline fracture on my right foot. And it was just like, again, why am I doing this? Every step's painful. This whole thing is terrible. Why am I here? But then you do it and you accomplish something that you never thought you would even attempt, let alone actually finish. Yep. And then my son comes, gives me a hug and it's just like immediate reminder of exactly what we're talking about earlier. It's like, I never want to tell him that like, you can do whatever you want and you're capable they of anything. And they go, what about you? Yeah. Dad? It's like, well, why are you 60 pounds overweight? Dude, you I, I, you know, sometimes I don't know why, maybe it's God speaking to me, but I'm at an event and somebody's like talking to me about their team and like, you know, I can't find good talent and all this stuff. And I'm like, you need to go look in the mirror because those talented people, they don't want to follow you. Yeah. Right. Like, let's be honest. That's what's wild, man. Doing again, a lot of thinking about relationships and stuff. The name of the show is Travis Makes Friends. It was Build Your Network. We focus a lot on building professional relationships. And I was really thinking lately because, you know, we have some frameworks and whatever that we teach people. And at the end of the day, it's just like some people will never get the results. And then it kind of dawned on me recently. It was like, that's because all of your relationships stem directly from how good or bad your relationship with yourself is. There's no hacks for that. I had somebody work for me. Her name was Stephanie. And she was like, personal development, podcast, you know, come to the office. You need to listen to this. I just read this book. Even to the point where like, she would run like internal, like lunch and learns about mm. positive. And yet she was having the most issues with other people on the team. Right. And that's when I realized like, self-development is always going to be capped by her ability of self-awareness yeah. and you can read all the books in the world but if you don't learn to read yourself none of it's going to work out yes a real relationship with you like understand you yes because none of the external stuff that's why for me belief collecting is like i'm trying to find stuff that resonates to my heart and my soul yeah. and adopt it right right but i understand where my deficits are where my shadow sides are where the trauma is where the overreaction is yeah and i use those as moments to be curious to figure out what work do i need to go do it never ends and it's a complete reflection of how you interact with the people because if you don't know yourself how do you go build relationships with people that are similar to you? Boom. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah, you're I just, I wish I had the dropping bomb or something, <laughs> yeah. dude. So good. You're just not sure. Yeah. Like you, and you, those you, people you, can tell, they can tell when you don't know you. Yeah. Right. You, High level people can feel it. Absolutely. You have a subconscious mistrust in yourself and that will absolutely rub off on everybody else around you without yeah. you even realizing Yeah. It. You know, and then you kind of go like, well, why are you struggling people, with these yeah. relationships? Why, why don't can I, they, why am I not good yeah. enough to be invited to this? Or right. why does this person not respond to me now? Or regardless of the relationship, yeah. a parenting relationship, romantic yeah. relationship, business relationship, mentorship relationship. It's like, well, how do I get good mentors? It's like, probably be a better version of you. Yeah. You know, because high level people don't like spending time with low energy people. It's not like, it's not like you won't spend time with me because I haven't made as much money as you. We're having a conversation right now. But the fact that you're here tells me that like you see me as at least being somebody valuable enough to connect with because there's something that yeah. like I might actually do after we have a conversation. Like the mentors that I have in my life, they don't pour into me because I'm at the level that they're at. They pour into me because they see something, something about me that reminds them of them probably. Yeah. And, and just inspiration. Like I was, yesterday I was chatting with somebody and it was the same thing. They were like, how do I get people that are higher level to like want to support me? And I go... You just got to do things that they, like you said, they recognize, yeah. right? Like the fact that you did an ultra is like inspiring, yeah. right? Like the fact that you've built this podcast, like that you've done what you've done. These are things that, 
But the truth is, I think everybody has those stories. Like I, I lean in all the time. I yeah. want to know what people's real, nobody's gone through lie, their life unscathed. So if I can figure out what you went through that you're willing to share, they, on the other end, you are the well-adjusted person I'm talking to, yeah. to the degree, like sure. they might criticize themselves, but you're here, you didn't take your life and you probably went through some challenges. That's inspiring to me. Yeah. Like it isn't people are like, oh, I've never ran 5k. It's like, you were a hundred pounds overweight. So it's like, again, my, my Sam, who's here, he's like, I'm like, yeah, share more. He's like, I don't have that much stuff. Like it's not, it's not that inspiring. I go do you're 168 pounds. You're 210 now muscle. Like, I don't know if you saw him, but like, yeah. he, we used to call him skinny boy, Sam. Oh really? Yeah. I have a veil. Show, you, you couldn't sell You couldn't sell him now. Dude, Props look at you, this. He, he deleted it. We'll put this on YouTube too. He deleted it. And I, I told him to send it to me because I keep showing it to people. Last, like even last night at dinner, I was like, man, you inspire me. And he's Why like, delete it, Sam? Because I don't know if he's embarrassed by how I'm going to make it popular. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He was just a very skinny. Yeah. He just found his stride. Look at nice. this, man. This thing dude, me. wait for this shot. Right <laughs> Here, there you go, dude. There's another one. Yeah, man. He there. Dang, isn't that crazy? That's wild. I'm, I don't look like that. I want right. to look like that. It's like, dude, you took something where a lot of people feel insecure about, and you made it. You know, you you use that pain and turned That's it a into a thing. Yeah, yeah, share it. Well, listen, man. I, I know you got a bunch of other stuff to do. You got other podcasts and everything that uh, that you're uh, going to be knocking out today. So I want to be respectful of your time. Before we go, last question here for you. Typically, I go like a little bit more philosophical, high level, but we've been talking about a lot of that stuff lately. So I want to ask you <clears throat> something just to bring it back down here. What is something that makes you laugh all the time? Uh, like a movie, a TV show? Kill comedy. Tony. Kill Tony? If you know Kill Tony, yep. I am a, I'm a hardcore comedian fan. Okay. So Watch it every night before I go to bed. What are like some like top five? like go Kill Tony episodes or what? No, like besides Kill Tony. Oh, things that make me laugh? Yeah. You um, said, well, you say you're a hardcore comedy fan. So it's like stand-up comedy or sitcoms. I just love like, yeah, just really honest, clever, smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely not sitcoms. Things that make me laugh. My friends, my buddy Keith, my best friend, he makes me laugh. My friend Marty. I just like people that speak their mind. Yeah. You know, Brad Lee makes me laugh, but he's, you know. <laughs> Exactly. You just like people make me laugh. Anytime I do something ridiculously stupid, the other day I forgot to click the protein cap shaker on my thing and I went in the bathroom. My wife's getting ready. It's all white porcelain and I shook it like it was my life depended on it and it went all over. And I'm talking like protein powder and athletic green. So like oh, green no. diarrhea squirts all over our bathroom it hits her it hits all the white towels and i just was like this is crazy how dumb this is i just have no problem laughing at myself yeah. man so i'd yeah. say laugh at myself that kind of stuff it's gotta be one of the most underrated personal development things i think just don't take yourself too seriously yeah yeah listen dude this has been a lot of fun thanks so much for coming on if you have not gotten a copy of dan's book do it now before you forget always do it before you forget buy back your time and hit me up on Instagram. A lot of people like message me, email me, and I put my email in there. But Instagram is my favorite. The messaging okay. is really easy and clear. I can tag people. And if anybody wants, one of the things that I couldn't put in, my editor made me cut it out, the SOPs. And I'll send it to you. The um, standard operating procedures for actually working with my executive assistant. It's literally the one I use. And we just sanitize all my personal stuff. Oh, great. If somebody wants it, they just got to message me EA on Instagram. Just got to follow me. Okay. And then I'll send you the direct link to the Google Doc. No opt-in, no nothing. That's at Dan Martell. Two L's of Martell on Instagram. 
Two, just one, one T, message. two L's. E A. I E will figure. I'll figure it out. I'll know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. DM him EA for, and I'll send you uh, the SOPs. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. This is a lot of fun. Buy back your time. Buy back your time. One of the only books you're going to read this year that will actually give you more time than it takes for you to read the book. So, Boom. ROI is yeah, huge. Great one. Thanks, Travis. All right, dude. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, you. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.